Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you at Virgin. Wow, we're at the grand opening of the Virgin Hotel right here on the Strip in Vegas. Welcome, everybody. What a nice crowd and what a big day. George Foreman Jr. joins me to open up the show. we got a lot of great guests. How are you, sir? How do you do, sir? It's, been, it's an honor to be here. Can't it's my it. honor to have you. How are you? I, I can't complain. This is beautiful to be here. What do you think of the property? You know, I just think it's amazing. I was here... Uh, before the renovation started, and Boz showed me what it was going to be like. And to see the vision happen right in front of your face, nothing like I've ever seen. How about the front entrance? Uh, Look at this. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a dream come true. I mean, you, you draw it up. It's like a football. You draw up a play, yeah, <laughs> it and it really happens. It's, it's genius, yeah. So tell me everything you're doing. You're tight with Boz, who owns the property, all his friends. You're here for the opening, your dad, your vision, everything. Tell me about what you're doing here. Yeah, so Boz, just a just a wonderful person. He reminds me of the old Las Vegas. Yeah, you know, front of the you, house guy. Yeah, when, yeah. You, when you used to come in, uh, when the, the casino owners used to greet you and the, and the top chairman were right Absolutely. there. That's the old Vegas that I remember growing up and going to all the big fights. That's what Boz is, and so he's... We're always thinking about ways that we can work together and think about, think big picture. And that's what I'm doing here, just to really uh, cement our friendship and do some amazing things here. George Foreman Jr. So tell me about your dad, your entire family, the vision of everything you're doing, especially from a business perspective. Yeah. So uh, growing up, it was all about, you know, having these friendships with integrity and then trying to grow business. So. Uh, grew up in the grill company. We had the uh, the George Foreman Grill. So. I had it. <laughs> I still have it, actually. Yeah. So uh, spent a lot of time doing that, all the marketing and the consumer products, uh, research, and then bringing them to market. So that played a big part of my uh, uh, growing up. And then now bringing it to working with the top um, management in casino, uh, casino. So we did a big partnership in boxing. And I spent a lot of time in Asia uh, with Venetia Macau in Sands, China, doing some amazing things, working with, uh, you know, guys like Ed Tracy and the late Sheldon, Sheldon Allison. Yeah. And so we spent a lot of time doing that, building boxing in Asia. So now kind of grew from boxing and really now, how do we help behind the curtains um, with um, casinos and entertainment properties, really doing some amazing things. So George Foreman Jr. joins me. So tell me about boxing in Asia. How big of a business was that? Oh, uh, boxing in Asia was, I mean, there's nothing like Vegas. Let's just say yeah. that. There's nothing like Vegas. But the red carpet they rolled out for us to grow that. We started with uh, one fight maybe in 2012, 2013. And we had, uh, we, brought, we brought some people over from top rank and, Brought it, maybe started with 2,000 people in the seats. They were bored. Grew that over the next three to four years, and we brought Manny Pacquiao over there and and Huge. HBO, and we just really uh, grew the ecosystem in uh, in Asia. So it was it was a fun fun thing that uh, me and Bob Aaron we did together, 
And uh, but that, that was good. And we we met great partners in the casino and understood their goals. And that's really fun to do. George Foreman Jr. Johnson. Tell me about Bob Arum. Oh, great guy. Great guy. There he is, boss. How you doing? Good to see you. Good to see and you. And your dad. I mean, like, that's amazing to me. As yeah. a boxing guy, what was that whole yeah, so run like? I, I, you know, so Bob and my father were great partners. And they uh, they had this, they had, the, you know, their comeback. They did the comeback together. And as a kid, I was to hear them in the... Uh, in the conference rooms, kind of negotiating, and I would act like I wasn't listening. But some of that stuff pays off when um, when you're a kid. And so me and Bob always kept in contact, always talk about sports. I was a Raiders guy. He's a uh, Giants guy. So we'd always talk about football. So growing up, he said, you know what, George? I want you to come to Asia with me, and let's build this. And so he's like a college roommate, grandfather, best friend, all mixed in one. So Tell me about the Raiders. Oh, man, the Raiders. How'd that start? George Foreman Jr. joins us. How did that start with the Raiders? So my, my mom was a big, my late mom was a big Raiders fan. So she grew up in uh, in the Pleasanton, California area. And, you know, wow. the, the Raiders were in, in Oakland. So, you know, there was John Madden, Art Shell, all Tom these. Tom Flores. Tom Flores, all these great legends that were around that area. And so I grew up going to the locker room. Uh, with some of these greats and then when they moved to um, los angeles my uncle rod martin played for the raiders and and then grew up around tim brown and so just really understanding that the davis family uh the the lineage of the top linebackers and i had no idea about this so you grew up a raider fan i grew up a raider fan like I, i i'm just getting to the part where i can be healthy after a loss, right? It took me, it took, yeah. it took mat- maturity for me to do that. But as a kid, I was a diehard Raiders fan. I couldn't take a loss. I mean, it was, it was hard. So, so what was some of your biggest tailgates and going into Raider games? What was that like in Oakland and LA? Uh, in LA, coming into, to, to, to a practice, right? To meet Marcus Allen, to sit and talk wow. to Lester Hayes, Van McElroy. The judge, that, Lester Hayes. That, that was just amazing. And he would sit. He would actually talk to me because him and my father were from Fifth Ward together in Houston. So he was talking to me as a kid, and I just I couldn't believe it because I was a Raider legend, and he was excited to talk to me as a kid. So that's, that has stuck with me. And people always say, well, Raiders legends, that's the past. But to me, that is everything, everything still. George Foreman Jr. joins us. Earliest memory of your, of your dad as a boxer? Earliest memory, um, of course, all the the, the – the pictures that you would see when you were a kid. But remember, he had that 10-year layoff, so yeah. I didn't know him until – so I was in the seventh grade, and he came back for his first fight in uh, maybe 80, 87, 88. And I was in um, – he was at Arco Arena fighting Steve Zowski for his first comeback. And I couldn't believe him. I'd never seen him with his shirt off in front of all those people with the <laughs> in his crowd. And I couldn't believe that he had his shirt off in the ring getting ready to throw a punch. That's my first memory of my father and his comeback. Yeah. How brilliant of a boxer was he in his prime? In his prime, so powerful. I think the biggest, maybe the best boxer, Lennox Lewis, all the big heavyweights. But your dad in his prime might be the greatest boxer of all time in his prime. In his prime, see... I, I judge, this is how I judge. So his prime, he was so prolific, so strong. But his comeback, and what he did is comeback without any athletic ability. I mean, you look at Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, when they lost their, their athleticism and they still performed at a very high level, 
that's what my father uh, brought into that, like thinking, a thinking man's game. And that's what I really respect. So him as a younger uh, dominant champion and then as an older thinking man's game. When he was a younger dominant champion compared to the older champion, maybe the most gifted boxer I've ever seen, the most powerful boxer I've ever seen. And then on the back end of this, when he won the title, what what did that mean to you? Uh, it, it meant, so that's why sitting here with Boz, it meant you can do unrealistic things. Yeah. So now uh, when people have ideas or when they don't they don't believe in it, I, when I saw him win that champion, anything was championship, anything was possible. And so sitting with Boz in his office, tell me about um, what he was going to do with the new renovations and the re- I, I believed him already because I seen my father tell me he was going to win the championship <laughs> at an early age when no one thought he could do it. And that's what Boz is doing. He's going to be the champion of Las Vegas when he does that. So, Boz, we, we're here for the opening. Yeah. How do you know George Foreman Jr.? How'd this happen? So, George uh, came in the, about two years ago that's when right. we were looking at it. And we started talking about things that we could be doing in the theater, formerly the joint, on what we could be doing, which I'm, we're still talking about right. doing, yeah. and how we could be uh, cooperating here with events. And, um, and you know, just hard rock was synonymous oftentimes with um, with sports as well and a place to watch sports and the events we want to keep that going I mean we want to keep that the spirit of sports going if not for anything on a personal level but certainly on a business level but um, honestly I could just sit here and listen to church talk all day long. <laughs> the two of you is great it's... so tell me about your business how'd you get into business with your dad and your family give yeah, me a backstory so, so uh, I remember I was in Asia and we were looking at uh we were you know doing the uh, venetian Macau deal everything was going great we had big celebrities coming over uh dave chappelle arnold schwarzenegger all these guys coming into asia and i remember thinking there has to be some way to engage the fans a little bit more and i remember bob saying just slow down sell the tickets and relax and i remember thinking i wanted to grow out of boxing really do more with casinos businesses and brands and really be in the back of the house, not just event to event, but really create those partnerships. So I kind of moved on from boxing and really start my own um, uh, consulting and experiential company, uh, the Culture Equity, and with a partner from the, from the big agency world and how we made a boutique agency to really solve problems for, for strong companies and, um, and companies who want to do some special things with my skills and my relationships. So that's what we're doing. George Foreman Jr., the grand opening of Virgin. So for you as a businessman, how much did you learn from your dad, the grill, your family? When you got into business, what was your vision? What did, what did you want to do outside Macau, outside Asia, all of that, to come to with Boz here? This yeah, is amazing. It, it, it's, it's, it is amazing. And I remember, I, t- I, t- I just told you before Boz came, but Boz reminds me of the the old school Vegas front of the house front of the house guys when when I grew up around the top guys in Vegas when they were you know hosting big events and you want to be like a person like this and so sometimes the um, the corporate field gets away from that but Boz still has all that and so my my father always says George if you want to be if you want to have great business partners and honest business partners you be 
the most honest guy and the most sincere guy in the room. There's 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 room for the um, there's always going to be the smartest guys, but be the most sincere. And Boz is that kind of guy. So to be a part of something like this with someone sincere and that understands customer service and, and relationships, that's what mo- motivates me right now. What was the best advice your dad ever gave you? Uh, keep your integrity no matter what. Integrity. Integrity. No matter How incredible what. Incredible is that. Yeah. Boy, I gotta tell you something. Boss, jump in. Yeah, I have to because you know I've had the the honor and privilege to work with certain athletes that have moved into the business world, including Magic Johnson. When I have my position with the Kenya Johnson Magic, uh, the Kenya Johnson Urban Fund, um, and there is a level of integrity. And I was about to say with with, with George and my my experience with George, knowing George, this is more than an athlete. This is more than a family of athletes. This is a family of well-respected humans well-respected men uh, and it's so interesting to hear me you talk about integrity because when I when I think of you George the first thing that comes to my mind is this is not only a gentleman but this is somebody I respect this is a well-respected individual um, and that's who you want to do business with you know there's a lot of athletes out there uh, and not everybody makes that transition yeah. po- post their careers Clearly, George has. Clearly, the entire family has, and um, it's just a pleasure to be sitting. I I could really listen to two of you all day. No, this is amazing. Boss, tell me about last night. What was it like for you? Wow, I have to tell you, it's just amazing. Amazing. It was amazing. You know, you don't know what to expect, right? I've been telling the, the crew, you know, we've been working hard on this for three years, and you know, we shutting down the property. JT, you were a big part of that. You know, last year on February 3rd, and we shut it down Super Bowl weekend. Um, and seeing the transformation during a pandemic, you know, and all the dynamics that we're working with that, that over the last year, it's kind of like you're a playwright and you, you, you're ready to, for opening night on Broadway or theater in a theater district, is there going to be consumer acceptance? Is the crowd <laughs> going to like it, right? Is everyone going to like the show? Um, last night, I was so pleased. I was so pleased. The energy here was great. Um, the there, energy. The energy here was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, oh, it was oh, good. We had a lot of returning Hard Rock yeah. clientele, yeah. which was you know fun to see them come back as well, and a lot of new clientele. But you know last night was for in this weekend, just like we closed, is really for Vegas, and there's a lot of locals here, and you know the Vegas community. We really wanted to open, reversing the the script, flipping the script, so to speak, with the private parties and the, all the events and, and say, so, you know what, we guess we got 1,600 team members just came back to work. Mm. They've been out of work for a year and we've hired another 400 and you know, this is about them. This is about the community. This is about Las Vegas opening um, but the feedback was great. Shag Room, Commons Club Bar, Night Market Restaurant, Thai Restaurant, the line lo- out the, the door. Lawn the lawn. Outside. The event lawn we oh, had with Mohegan. The, the lines to sign up for the Mohegan Momentum Program um, and we'll see how that interacts with the Betfred program. Yeah. That'll that'll be coming out soon. One Steakhouse, a favorite of yours and mine, JT. The that old was MVP. amazing last night. Isn't that what great? a what a great night for Michael Morton, his brother Jod. Everyone in that steakhouse last night had the best night of their life. They it was did. amazing. Did you see Coach Gruden here last night? I did. Yeah. 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 Coach Gruden was here. Oh and wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's he's friends with a common friend of ours, Eddie Drosty. You know, one yeah. of the founders of Hooters and. Um, Eddie called me and said, "Hey, you know, you know, John's going to be there." Um, he goes, "Go tell him you'll keep a two-dollar table available for him at all times." <laughs> Boz and George Foreman Jr. joins me. I want to get back to your dad. In his prime, when he fought Ali, and then he came out of that, I thought he was the most gifted, biggest athlete I've ever seen in my life. Still to this day, 
Tell me about his size and his strength. You know, George Seniors, let's say Big George. Yeah. His size and Big his, George. His size and his strength. What he can do, why he was training, what he can, how he could throw a punch. It was just mesmerizing, and just seeing him old tapes of him hitting a bag, and then seeing him hit a bag in person. And then sometimes when you didn't do what you're supposed to do, never got spankings or, spankings or anything, but I had to hold the bag sometimes. Oh. <laughs> so if you look at those old clips so of him in the bag, the bag, I had to hold the, hold the bag, you know, so that, that'll toughen you up. But that power, you know, you look at old fights, the, the Ken Norton fight. Um, classic. Classic. And then even fast forwarding that to the Jerry Cooney fight. He could always find a way to uh, put his power on someone. And I think that's just really impressive. But there's other guys in the sport that you want to give credit to that had a lot of power and that could box. So, you know, we always say, you know, the Joe Lewis's, the Muhammad Ali, uh, Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson's, you got to give them their credit. But just for Big George to be, to have longevity within some of these amazing careers. He trained with Sonny Liston, and then he ended up fighting in, in still in 1998, 97. That's, that's impressive. George Foreman Jr. joins me. So when we hear about Tom Brady at 43 and older athletes, your dad won the heavyweight championship of the world as an older athlete. I think that's one of the greatest accomplishments of all time. Yeah, I, I, you know what, I, I can say, you know, I'm, I'm a little biased. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I grew up watching the great, um, uh, the the great Lakers, uh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. And so I used to see him compete against Ralph Sampson and Akeem Olajuwon at a very high level when he was still, you know, the old man in the room. And there's only a few athletes in our history that could do something like that. They all seem to how to lose a step. And I, I remember seeing my father could barely go up the stairs and couldn't do road work. But then he would get in the fight and compete with these young guys. So to me, while everyone was, you know, betting or everyone was, um, you know, trying to call what round he was going to knock somebody out in, I was just hoping he wouldn't get knocked down because I knew he couldn't get up. Yeah. <laughs> His bad knees, bad back. But so. as an older fighter, did you think he would win that fight? You know, uh, you always believe, but even Michael Moore. That guy was great a fighter. great fighter. Absolutely great fighter. He's like a big brother to me now. He's I mean, you really know, yeah. Like why is that? He just respected. Res- you know, I guess with this boxing, the the camaraderie and the respect that all these guys have for each other, and then we have for the kids. He just always calls and reaches out and and says hello. We even spent time. Used to come to my father's church. He's just a, a good guy, right? I had, I had no idea about that. So yeah. he came to your dad's church. Yeah. George Foreman Jr. joins us. What was that like? He beat him, and he came to the church. Went out, and then it's like my dad treats these guys like uh, a younger brother or you know an uncle. You know, just no hard feelings. All about the sport. All about you know being competitive and prize fighting, but no grudges. And the way these guys interact, I grew up him talking about Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier in this loving way. So you, I have respect for all these, these, these great champions, you know, past and present. So Michael Moore is one of those guys and he was so dangerous, left-handed so fast. I didn't, I thought I was just happy if my father just stood up and got beat on points. (laughs) One of the great knockout punches I've ever seen. 
the inside knockout yeah. was incredible. Yeah. Because he was a great fighter. Yeah. Beating Michael Moore, he was a great fighter. Yeah, that was amazing. And then to uh, a southpaw like that, uh, that's just, uh, that was hard to do. So, Boz, tell me about this lobby, the front entrance. What's going on here? Boy, a lot different, isn't it, JT? It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. This is, you know, what we represented, we want that sense of arrival. In fact, the entire decor to be this, you know, the journey through the desert. Yeah. You know, whether you're. You know, you come and by car through the Southwest United States, or you're, you're flying in and coming in from a Karen. Um, we wanted that. We wanted to respect the the planet, the Earth, the desert, and that's what you're feeling here. Those are the the, the gems, the stones, the wood, the sounds, the sights. Um, you know, we're, we're even as we kind of keep going. You know, by with some of the plants that we'll be adding over the next couple months, and we wanted something that was a hospitality, truly sense of arrival. If you recall, and you probably remember, I used to joke about this, JT, I used to say, I love puppies and I love slot machines, and I even love puppy slot machines, <laughs> right? But when the first thing that, that greeted you was a puppy slot machine, then that's not exactly the arrival. At least push it back 150 feet, which, you know, we, we did. We pushed it back 90 feet. Uh, that was home, home plate to first base. That's how I kind of figured that part out, right? That's how you did it. That's how I did it. Wow. It was home plate to first base. So that was 90 feet. So I figured, okay, I'm good. Um, and... We just wanted you to be welcome to the property. Um, and again, coming from Jersey, I could say this. I didn't want that Jersey Shore environment as you would come walking in, right, where you that Sonny and Ricky's playing, you know, playing skee-ball down the Jersey Shore at Asbury Park or something. <laughs> so it's uh, we really wanted to open it up. Um, the bar to Commons Club in the Shag Room, that jumped last night. That was night. big last night. Yeah, that yeah, was, was huge. That jumped. Yeah. And you remember I used to laugh and call the center bar the off-center bar, yeah. right, to open up the line of sight. Um, but that's going to be really the heart and pulse of the uh, sense of arrival here. Boz joins us. Your vision and your partners. Tell me about your partners uh, and how they stood by you during the pandemic. You, you know, there's you always need capital, right? You always want capital partners and great capital partners. But there's a difference when they're not only capital partners, but they're colleagues. Mm. And not only are they colleagues, they actually become friends. And then friends, they become family. And it's interesting, through the entire pandemic and all the challenges that the entire industry and the entire world had, um, their first call to me was, are you safe? Are you okay? What is it that we need to do to support you? Do we need to get more technology in your home? What is, what is it, you know, are, are, are you sheltering in place? And I came to work every single day, but, but I was the only one that came to work every single day outside of the construction crews, and I was very, very isolated. Gary Scott, our COO, would come in, and we would we would alternate every now and then. Um, but my partners, first and foremost, were more concerned about mine and the teammates and the construction crew's safety than they were about when we're opening. Boz, George Foreman Jr., so how did you guys meet initially? What's the backstory with you two guys? How did it happen? Uh, my brother, George Foreman III, introduced me to Boz and uh, his great partner, Kate. And I, I just, you know, whenever you're introduced by family, that just, that takes it to another level. Yeah, it, gives you a, a, it gives you a trust level. And then uh, we came out here maybe two years ago yeah. and I, Boz took me on a tour and we spent time and spent a lot of time after that, just building our friendship and building our relationship. And so we always knew we were going to work together somehow. We just we just knew it right when we met each other. It was just like that we're going to do it. What do you like about the property? What blows you away? What blows me away, honestly, here's my integrity talking. Boz had had to open this up, and he had to get it right. But when I walked through here last night and I went to the events, it was safe. And that 
blows me away. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, George, for recognizing it. You know, we safety, opening and safe environment was the most important aspect for us. 1,600 team members coming back, customers, the community. Um, I mean, we could have waited. We could have yeah. waited until conventions come back. We could have waited to entertainment came back. We could have waited to hotel average roommates really bounce back. And it was like, why? You know, we can do this. Sitting on the sidelines, using kind of more sports metaphors, we le- literally sat on the sidelines for a year as we watched. What was that like? Sit here and wait, even though the property was about to open. What was that like? JT, it actually, you know, in retrospect, as anxious as we were and every day waking up and wishing that we were almost there and we were ready and knowing, you know, the reach outs from the employees and, and seeing what they were posting on the face the Hard Rock Facebook alumni and knowing how anxious everybody's to get back. That year was amazing for us because we were able to watch best practices mm-hmm. within the community and who was doing what right and who was not. But more so than that, we were, if you, and, and again, a year ago, think about this a year ago, every yeah. week was like a year of information. We, every week you learn more, something changed. And the level of technology that we have in our, in, within, for, whether it be for our clean programs, whether it be the, the nanotechnology that we're using right now, which is EPA friendly, human friendly, pet friendly, that kills micro, microbes for 90 days, that was not available uh, at this level you know, a year ago. We have it today. So we've opened now as Las Vegas is opening, but we could open much safer than we could have four months ago or even two months ago. Scott Sabella was here last night yeah. from Resorts World. The Mortons, everyone, your friends. Tell me about your friends, your well, brother, your, your nephew. Tell me about everybody behind the scenes. Well, let me talk about Scott first, because what a class act. Scott's, you know, that great Megatron. I don't know what to call it they have on Resorts World, right? Where... I mean, I live I live right next to Resorts World. I literally do. So I, okay. I during the pandemic, I would like you watch the Golden Knights on the. I do. Yeah, I, I yeah. said I was texting Scott during early on a year ago, saying, "Hey, uh, I saw a tree move, you know, or something." I'm drinking coffee at the terrace. I would text him every morning, <laughs> you know, and we have a fun relationship. But what a class guy! Last night on the outside of Resorts World, on that entire tower, which is got to be the largest screen in the world. Um, it was congratulation, Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. Wow. Welcome to community. And when I saw Scott in one steakhouse last night, I said, Scott, I don't know what to do. I got a 65 foot tall, you know. I'm, I feel like I've got to have to build an, like a four million dollar LED just to welcome <laughs> you back. And his, you know, his response was, Yeah, I think you should. <laughs> Boz joins us, George Foreman Jr. So tell me about your vision for the rest of your life. What do you want to do next? Uh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, have a lot of options and work with people who I like. And if you can do that, you know, wake up every morning, challenge yourself, work with people who you like, sky's the limit. I I never want to stop working. So whatever that brings, never want to stop working, but I want to be in the, the, the entertainment gaming business one day i want to be like boss so that's that's the big so thing. now i'm getting it you're into the casino operations you're looking at all this what do you see i i see a lot of opportunity i see the a way to keep people safe while they're entertained uh while they eat great food while they watch um great sporting events while they look at uh the sports book the content around the sports book is going to be amazing. So just all the op- the, the opportunities and uh, it's just endless. And so to make sure that you're just around for the long haul, that's going to be uh, pretty good. Boz, tell me about Mohegan Sun. We are really lucky. First, to how proud it is for us to be part of the first Native American tribal nation 
to come into Las Vegas in a resort quarter. Uh, you know, Mohegan has a um, a guideline, a mantra, if you may, the spirit of a quay. Um, and it's all about collaboration. And the way we've structured our partnerships here with Mohegan Sun, Virgin, Hilton, AEG, the, the Mortons, Hakkasan, um, you know, we can go keep going around the room. Um, it takes collaboration. It, you, you have to have the spirit of a quay. So f- having them here is more than just having a business partner. It's actually having the, the right mentality. You know, we had, a, we had a great leadership meeting on February 22nd with our 200 plus managers here. And I had Michael Ruzioni um, zoom in on a very large screen. The best. The best. And I did a prep with Michael two weeks out. And, I, you know, I'm like, you know, Mike, Rizzo, this is what our plan is. Our plan is not all that different than it was for you guys from, you know, Minnesota and Boston coming together in, you know, 1979 to train for six months before the 1980, the 1980 hockey, team. hockey team. Tell me what it was like with Herb Brooks. Tell me what it was like for you guys to come together because that's the message I want to send. I got group of all-stars here. How did you group of all-stars who've never worked together come and play a different game? Mm. Because we're playing a little bit of a different game structurally here, which hopefully no one ever sees because it's behind the scenes. And we had an amazing prep for that. And when he addressed, spent 45 minutes talking to the team here, I mean, of course, it was great. He basically, you know, gave us the background version of what you see in the movie Miracle. We watched it live, right? Um, One of the things that Michael really talked about was really, it's not so much leave your ego at the door. We all get that, right? It's, the game is skill, but everything's mental. And then he even quoted, this is a Boston kid, he even quoted Yogi Berra. He said, Yogi Berra said, Your guy. Right, my guy. He said, baseball is 90, what he said, he was, he called it 90% skill. No, he said baseball was 90% mental and the other half was skill, right? So, um, and that's what we're telling everybody here. You know, opening a property of this, it's stressful. Everybody in our industry knows that. It's just natural. Yeah. But it's 50% skill, 50% emotional grounding. George Foreman Jr., Boz. Boz, I want you to leave us on one note. I always ask this to John Gruden. What's your message to Vegas? Thank you for supporting 25 years of the Hard Rock as the community. We look forward to thrilling you for another 25 years. In 1995, the Salt Lake Tribune dubbed the Hard Rock as a resort for a new generation. By definition, here we are 26 years later, it's a new generation. And we want to be the resort to welcome in the new generation, as well as the existing and the former generation. The respect you have for the Hard Rock as you open Virgin is amazing to me. All the people that you've met. I met my wife here at the Santa Bar at the Rolling Stone concert. It changed my entire life, George. My entire arc of my life was here. So this footprint, when it got redone the way you did this, I can't thank you enough because this is where I'm from. This is what my entire DNA is about. If I don't meet my wife at the center bar, I never meet my wife. She was, if she was on the other side of the center bar, two feet away, if she was two feet away, I never would have met her. And the fact that you cherish that history 
and her opening up this property means everything to us. You know, I've lived in Vegas now going on five years. And, but I've been doing business in Vegas for 20. And if there's one thing you need to realize about Vegas, if you want to have a business in Vegas and you need to understand, this is a community. Yeah. It is a community first. It's a great you, town. You do not come into this town and think that you're going to change the town. You do not come into this town and you do not respect the town. Look, everybody brings the best of where they came from. And that's a beautiful thing, too. And Coach Gruden was at one last night. Yes. And when we saw him, he got it. Like, he? he came here for the grand opening because Coach Gruden understood how big of a night last night was. It was big for the community. Yeah. Um, and I, you know. Absolutely. And it was a Thursday. I'm waiting to see what happens tonight. It's Friday and <laughs> Saturday true. night, you know. <laughs> George, tell us something on the way out. Vision, business, give me something big on the way out. Big, I just think what, I just want to celebrate Boz. Not about me. I just want to celebrate Boz nice. and his team. And we all understand that with the Raiders, with Boz's team here at the Virgin, but everything he's put together, he's putting together recipe for a dynasty. And I think I want to be a part. Put me in, Coach. I like mm. that dynasty <laughs> thing. You you want to you want to win all of them. Yeah. You want a dynasty. Just win, Boz. George Just Foreman win, baby. Jr., Boz. Thanks for having hey, us. Got Thank it. you. All right. I, love, I, love, I love talking to George. JT. Love you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Thank you for you. this. Love you, buddy. Thank Great you to see you guys. Right, when we come back, Raider Nation Radio. What a big day for us. We're live from Virgin's grand opening. Come on back. Come on back on Red Nation Radio. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's. With five locations in the Valley, 100 years of coal-fired brick oven pizza. JT, the global opening of Virgin Hotels. We're in the lobby. Come on by and see us. Stoner dudes here, but I got to go out to Detroit. Benny Jett, one of my greatest callers of all time, loves <clears throat> rock and roll, and he's here. Benny, how are you, buddy? JT, you know, I, I'm sure all your listeners know that you are in the Nevada Broadcast Hall of Fame. I, I listened to you say how you met your wife there after a Rolling Stones concert. And I am calling you from Detroit, but I'm looking at this Virgin Hotel LV.com website site. And I'm rem- remembering I spent my honeymoon there. I got married wow. in Las Vegas, spent my honeymoon right in the building where you're at. I went down for a, a lunch one day, and I met Drew Carey having a coffee in the little coffee shop there. What a memory it is to uh, to think about what you're doing. And as I look at this website, it says they have a 4,500-seat live music theater and how good it is to see that they believe in entertainment, JT, and they believe in live music right where you're sitting right now. Benny, they didn't get rid of the joint. They renamed it. They did it differently. But you're a rock and roll guy. I never, we've been friends for 25 years. You told me you got married in Vegas? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I play in a rock and roll band, JT, and, and getting married is kind of an odd thing. I, I, <laughs> you must know the story. I was I was in London, England, and I came home from London, England, and I, you know, I came pulling. I got cabbed to my house. I I walk up, and my wife, my future wife, sitting on the front porch, saying, uh, "Hey, uh, if you still want to marry me, I will." And so I said, "Hold the cab." We got in the cab. I didn't even unpack from, from London. I got in the cab, took us back to the airport, got on a plane, flew to Las Vegas, 
got married at Elvis Presley's Graceland Chapel, and we wow. stayed right at the property you're at right now, which, of course, was the hard rock back then. But what a great time and a great memory and a whirlwind, a whirlwind wedding. When are you coming back to Vegas? Well, it's, it's on my list. You know, me, me and several of my friends uh, like to think of ourselves as regulars, maybe six times a year in Las Love Vegas. It. And you and I have talked about some of the great fights. We used to go there. I have great memories of going to see Tommy Hearns and Marvelous Marvin Hagler fight. I remember when uh, Sugar Ray when uh, Sugar Ray Leonard was there. And, and I was a Tommy Hearns fan. I know you're a boxing fan, JT. I was a Tommy Hearns fan. And we went to the, see the practices, the warm-ups of practice, and we're rooting for Tommy Hearns. We said, oh, let's go see Sugar Ray, just as a joke. And we walked over to see Sugar Ray, and we saw this flurry of punches fly out of his hands that our eyes could barely focus on the speed. And we go, oh, boy, this could be a lot different than we're expecting, JT. Well, Las Vegas is the entertainment capital of the world. Love you. Can't believe you called in on the local show for the opening of Virgin. I can't believe you did that. Thanks for doing this. Hey, I think you got to really pump this up. They should build a little booth there, like for you, <laughs> like they did for Larry for Larry King down in Miami. You could have a little broadcast booth and do the show there all the time. What a great idea, JT at the Virgin Hotel. Benny Jet Stoner dude. Great to see you show up for my first ever remote. Well, you know, first of all, I have to start off by saying. 20 wow. years ago. I'm having a huge Twilight Zone yeah, moment, this is JT. This is really good. I mean, 20 years ago, you invited me to come, uh, thankfully, talk talk with you at Ricky's in San Leandro. Here it is 20 years later, man. What a long, strange trip it's been. And now Benny Jet calling. This is literally like uh, it's happening all over again in a great way. What do you think of Virgin when you come in Well, see first this place? First How amazing is this? I, well, like you, I have a hard rock story. Yeah, we all we all do. Right, exactly. And I, I came here uh, seven and a half years ago, and I played with the band Missing Persons. I played drums for Dale Bozio, Missing Persons, wow. here in Vegas. And I hadn't been here in a while. And uh, I stayed an extra couple days to visit, and my keyboard player friend who played here with the uh, local band uh, Rating the Rock Vault, the local show, he says, dude, you got to hang out for a day, and I want to show you around. Brought me to the Hard Rock. We hung out all night long. And he's like, dude, you got to move to Vegas. And I'm like, oh, man, I live in the Bay Area. I got the Raiders. I got all these things going on. And uh, he planted that seed, and I drove that nine-hour drive back to the Bay. Next thing you know, I'm moving to Vegas, and I'm loving it ever since. You were one of the first people to bring me into the Raider Nation. Do you remember that? I remember those days, JT. Those were the awesome days. You used to be at, down hanging out in the black hole, walking around the parking lot at the old Oakland Coliseum. Uh, my band Raiderhead was always playing out in the parking lot. And, you know, it's it's kind of trippy, too. Another, you know, I talk about, again, full circle. Here we are in the future <laughs> and now in the present. And all these things are happening now. And, you know, before I was thinking maybe it was like an opportunity to move here. Now I feel like it's a calling. All these things wow. have happened ever since, you know. Really? Yeah, we got a $2 billion stadium right down the road. Uh, cannabis is legal, and there's a dispensary on every single Stoner corner. dude. <laughs> yes. And a $5 billion resorts world. Not The, the stadium costs $2 billion. Right. That resort down the block, and we're at Virgin, is going to cost 4 to $5 billion. But you're diehard Raider Nation, and you left Oakland to come here, and we got our bond through Oakland. What does Oakland mean to you? Well, Oakland means the world to me, JT. It was a yeah. dream just to even move there in the first place uh, for me 
we all went, we, again, we were there around the same time, 98, 99. And uh, I, I dreamt of moving to the Bay Area and I got to have that experience. Uh, I made so many great people and family members in the Bay Area. And again, it was hard to leave all that, but I see them all kind of migrating now this way. I feel kind of like a, we're like the Moses of the Raider Nation. We kind of brought it all out here. You're a brilliant musician. Tell me about rock and roll in Vegas in the Bay Area and what you're doing. Well, obviously the Bay Area has such a rich history in music, but absolutely. But uh, I moved to to Vegas because I'm a professional drummer by trade, and I knew this was the place. As Benny Jett just said, the music capital of the world, the entertainment capital of the world. And ever since I came out here at JT, I've been fortunate. I've been playing in like 15 different bands at once, keeping busy all the time until the whole pandemic hit. But um, as we're sitting here right now on the uh, floor in the casino, I'm listening to the uh, Charlie Ch- uh, Chocolate Factory um, <laughs> slots going off and the Oompa Loompa music. Out. It's pretty awesome, man. I think it's, it's pretty much one of the best places you could be if you're into music. Stoner Dude, live at Virgin. I've seen 54 Rush shows. Oh, we're talking Rush 54. now. So when Neil died... I cried like a baby. Me too. Because he changed my life. What did he do to you as a drummer? Well, JT, well, I'm now I have to go way back when I first picked up Sticks. I started playing along the bands like Kiss and Aerosmith back in the 70s. And then I discovered Rush in the late 70s when uh, All the World's a Stage came out. And uh, from that point on, man, I just, uh, Neil Peart, not only the great drummer that he is, the great lyricist. I don't think anybody talks about that hardly. You know, people always talk about Bob Dylan and all these great lyricists. I think Neil Peart's one of the great lyricists of all time. Absolutely. And you put it together with his drumming musicality. He was like Keith Moon on steroids when he first hit the scene, you know. And and when he died, it was, I mean, it literally, literally ripped my heart out. And it's even hard to believe because now it's been a year since that happened. But uh, Neil Peart is one of the greats of all time. When Neil died, my wife told my son, stay away from your dad. He's having a tough oh, day. That's yeah. how big of an impact it had on me. It, it, and the Raiders, in Oakland, and everything we've done. You're a great friend of mine. For you to show up at Virgin for the grand opening and be here for me. What's what's the jersey? What the hell is that? What, what is the, that jersey? This, okay, I'll tell you. There's another Give great story. Give me the story. story on that. Hey, let's bring in Ricky. Perfect timing. Perfect. So I go, I meet Ricky around the same time I met you. Ricky, uh, through the radio show, started to befriend me and hired me to be his uh, house band from that point on uh, for the next 10 years with Raiderhead. And I approached Ricky and I said, Ricky, I only saw the one jersey with the three numbers. That was the John Gruden jersey, 317, correct? Yes. Okay, I saw that on the wall. And I said, hey, Ricky. Can, is it possible that you can maybe possibly make me a 420 Raider jersey? And Ricky looked at me and goes, I gotcha. A week later, I walk into Ricky's, and I swear, JT, it was like the skies, the clouds parted and angel voices in my, in my head. He walked out of the back room with this jersey in plastic, 420. That's and an I just went, jersey. oh, my God, thank you so much. So you bring it up, Ricky, and all these great memories. It's it's awesome. I can't believe we're here right now doing before this. Before we get to Chris and West Oakland and Big Al, I want to leave us on this before we come back. Brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town. When Ricky passed away, we did an entire show for him. Right. What did Ricky mean to you? Ricky, Ricky Ricardo, Ricky's in San Leandro, changed my life. 
Ricky was more so much to me in, in, in the biggest way. Not only did he hire me, JT, to be his, in, in his words, he said, you were my musical director. You were my entertainment guy. And every home game for 15 years, Raider had played him for the thousands of fans. But not only that, but Ricky always looked me in the eye, and he meant it every time. And he said, whatever you need, if you're hungry, anything, if you need a job, anything you need, you just come to me. And for years, when things were tough, if I needed to go, if I needed a little bit of money, he would just hire me for the day, just to do anything wow. around the, the 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 sports theater. And uh, so yeah, he literally was like family. Kim and Tina, uh, Tina Ricardo, literally looked out over me, like, uh, and I'm, I almost kind of break when I think about it, uh, like, I don't want to say a son, but maybe a, a just a just like a son. You know, they really treated me like family. Love you, brother. Thanks for coming here. No this problem. This meant a lot to me. This is awesome, man. How cool is this? We're breaking in. We're breaking in the Virgin. We're breaking in the Virgin. In Virgin. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. Later. From Grimaldi's, the best pizza I've ever had. This is the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by PT's, Sierra Gold, Sean Patrick's, PT's Ranch, the SG Bar, PT's Gold, and PT's Brewing Company. We are at the grand opening of the Virgin Hotels, which is incredible. If you can come here and see this, we got a big crowd here, a great day today. They opened last night, and today is even bigger than last night. Great to have Boz. George Foreman Jr., all our friends who are here. Chris in West Oakland. Thanks for calling, Chris. Hey, JT. Hey, man, what a pleasure it is. It, like old home week. I get get to follow Benny Jett and uh, Stoner Dude. If you're still listening, what's up, my friend? It's been too long. we got to get Bobby Jordan to Vegas and uh, put Raider, Raiderhead back together again. But, you know, JT, I, I, and as, as Stoner Dude said, i got a story or two about the Hard Rock. I love that place probably more appropriate for the satellite show, not necessarily here, so I'll leave that one alone. But what a wonderful job you're doing, JT, promoting Vegas, promoting this. And, you know, just listening to the guys that have just called, I don't think you get enough credit. You talk about how much we mean to you. I don't think you realize how much you mean to us, guys like me, Stoner Dude, Mort, Raider Man, you know, all over the years giving us a place to talk to. But your first half hour was phenomenal with George Foreman Jr. or whichever Foreman he is. And, Boz, <laughs> I just, I'm with you about George Foreman, JT, and I didn't think I'd get to talk about this on the radio. I never have. I was a huge Foreman fan growing up. I always thought Ali was the greatest, but because of what happened that one night, I think Foreman's greatness gets lost in the shuffle. He was so powerful and so dominant. He literally made Joe Frazier fall. He knocked him out, and Joe Frazier fell face first. That's what a destructive wrecking ball. Hey, Chris, Chris, if, 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 yes. if he beat Ali that night, he's the greatest fighter of all time. I mean, the rope-a-dope, Ali beating Foreman, how he beat him, made Ali who he was. Ali lost, lost to Frazier in the first fight, won the next two. If Foreman beat him, which he was supposed to beat him, he was the heavy, heavy favorite, it changes the whole arc of Foreman's career. Oh, absolutely. And he probably doesn't go into hiding or, you know, away yeah. from boxing for so long after he did. Also, and we talked about this before, you know, you, you judge a guy in their prime. Remember, even with Ali, who the government took three or four years of his prime, 
Guys' primes back then didn't last. JT, you know this, JT, is an old boxing guy. When you got to your late 20s, you were you were on the backside back then. Guys didn't fight till their late 30s, even 40 like they do now. It's a totally, totally different world. And let me say one thing about Boz. I love everything you hear. I'm a, you know, I live in the Bay Area, JT. I've always been a Tahoe guy, but I love Vegas. But these casinos have gotten too corporate over the years. There's, it's sterile. There's no feel. I Just listening to Boz right now makes me want to get on a plane and go to the Virgin Hotel where I'm going to be treated like an old-school customer, where the pit boss or the owner or, you know, or, or a high-ranking official is going to shake your hand, ask you if everything's okay. It's just too corporate now. Everything is bean-counting and, and you know dollars on a computer. It was refreshing to hear a guy like this see what he wants to do in the future. Maybe, I don't ever think we'll bring the Rat Pack and old school Vegas back, but there's got to be a middle ground between corporate Vegas and old school Vegas because I think guys like me and you would benefit immensely from that. Happy, have a great weekend, my friend. Uh, thanks for letting me get on here, a rant. Uh, like I said, a real honor to be able to call on the first day of the opening of the Virgin Hotel, and I will see you there soon. Later. Thank you, Chris. means a lot that you called in. This is a big show for us because – the opening of the Virgin, for, for them to have us in the lobby is a really big deal. By the way, Derek Carr's birthday is March 28th. He's 29 years old. He turns 30. Tom Brady's 43. Let that sink in. Everybody who's ripped Carr. Think about this for one second. Until Chris brought it up, I never would have did. I Googled it. Went to Wikipedia. Derek Carr is going to turn 30 in two days. Tom Brady's 43. Drew Brees played to 41. And everybody's busting Derek Carr's balls. Really? He's 29. He's about to turn 30. He's never played for anybody other than the Raiders. Are you kidding me? Get on the back of Carr. Ride him out as long as he's here and cherish him. Derek Carr, happy birthday. JT, our number two from the grand opening of the Virgin Hotels right here in Vegas.